Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Hotter Than Health podcast. My name is Eliza Gelman, and in this podcast, I will be bringing resources and stories for those looking to expand and elevate their lives, bringing you provocative interviews and conversations with leaders and innovators within the wellness, health, business, and self-improvement space every week. You will leave every single episode with tools, resources, and tips that you can implement directly into your life. Who doesn't love a good takeaway? Um, so that, you know, my childhood was not idyllic by any means, but looking back, I'm just like, I see nothing but perfection in it, even with all of the things that went wrong. Hello, hello. That was a quick clip from today's episode, Tariq Trotter. He is such a special human. I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. Um, quick disclaimer, today is part one of part two. So make sure you go ahead and hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this episode so that you know when it's coming out next week. So we'll have it on the 12th and then again on the 19th. So you're going to love this episode. He is just such a guru in personal development as well as just living a very authentic, true grounded life. He's been through a lot and so he's really cultivated these really amazing practices and so during this episode we're really going to get to know his backstory and kind of how he operates and then during the next episode we will go more into like day-to-day how are we going to work on our self-development? What are some actual tangible things he did throughout his days, his weeks, his months to become the person that he is right now. Um, Just to give you a bit of backstory, you guys, he is a professional recording artist. He's a singer songwriter. He's got decades, a decade of experience. Um, He has written a self-help book. He is an author. He's a motivational speaker. He's a storyteller. And collectively, he's just one of the wisest people that I've ever met. And he's like close to my age. He just is one of those people that when you meet him, you're like, I'm about to learn some shit. So I truly think that everybody is going to glean some knowledge from this as well as just allow themselves to feel really present listening to his voice. He's so calming. And really, once you meet this guy, he is just, you feel like you've known him forever. So I'm really excited to have you all get to know him the way I got to. Um, This is a very candid episode and we do talk a lot about there there is some talk about um sexual abuse sexual trauma as well as um going through going through just some tough stuff in his younger childhood years and so I just want to make sure that people are aware of that before moving forward or deciding to move forward in the episode Today, before we get started, I wanted to make sure that I gave a quick shout out to one of our show sponsors today, Organifi, right? So I have been using 
all of their products, their greens powder, their pre-workout red juice with beets. Um, I have been using their probiotics. I've been using their protein for the past couple of months. You have seen me talk about them on Instagram. And right now I am drinking one of my favorite snacks that I've had in a long time. Typically I don't have a sweet tooth, but today I knew I wanted something warm and it was either this or like make something a little bit unhealthy or do something that was going to fill me up a little too much before dinner. So I just wanted a quick treat. So I made a vanilla hot elixir. All right. I like it hot because I get cold throughout the day. But if you like it chilly, add some ice and it's just like an iced vanilla latte without the coffee. Oh my God. So it's just like a fourth, a scoop of the vanilla plant-based protein as well as a little bit of coconut milk or you can just do water because the protein powder makes it creamy enough and then you just do a dash of cinnamon you blend it all up or you stir it all up and I like to heat it with some warm water but if you want to just do it chilled I'm telling you it's great the cinnamon is great for stabilizing blood pressure as well as the protein which is going to help you stay a little fuller it's going to help turn off some of those hunger hormones and that way you're not going to be super snacky afterwards. And the reason why I'm super, super passionate about Organifi specifically is because I know that they use high quality organic ingredients. There's no heavy metals. And you guys, it is glyphosate free. This is one of the only brands I've ever seen who has had an actual certified label for glyphosate free, right? So Glyphosate is a known carcinogen. It is a cancer-causing chemical. It's in Roundup. It's sprayed in pesticides all over, and it's not something that humans need to be ingesting. Animals, nobody needs to be ingesting. The more companies that we have who are focusing on um, eliminating this out of their processes, you know that they're putting their time, their heart, and their effort into it. So highly recommend. So Organifi is offering a discount for all Hotter Than Health listeners. I will not be using another type of protein. This is the one I'm sticking to. So if you're using the old kind, it's time to switch. You're getting twice as much for the cost. So um, what you can do is go to Organifi in the link in the show notes or head to my Instagram, click on the link tree and you will see that there is a 20% off code if you use the code HTH at checkout. Again, that is Organifi use the code HTH. I recommend getting the greens powder as well as the vanilla protein. So if you're more of a chocolate person, I totally, I totally get that. But you have to try this, add a dash of uh, cinnamon and you will not go wrong. It's going to like, I'm not hungry at all right now and I don't feel overly full. I'm still going to go for a little walk before dinner. I'm so fucking pumped about this new beverage, right? So before we get into a little bit more about today's episode, quick reminder. So for the monthly meal plan. So if you are one of those people that needs help grocery shopping, you get a little anxious, you don't know what to buy, or you have groceries that go bad all the time, or if you are someone who just needs a little bit more organization, or honestly, if you've hit a plateau in either weight loss or healthy eating, or if you feel like you're eating really healthy and nothing's really working, either you can work with me one-on-one, and if you're not ready for a full one-on-one experience, the monthly meal plan, it's been it's been awesome. I'm so excited about it. It's like 11 bucks a month. You go onto my website, click monthly meal plans, and then every single month you're going to get um, three breakfasts, three lunch, three dinner, three snacks, and they will come directly to your email. You download the PDF and you have everything that you need, including the grocery list. And with that, we are adding on another piece of value, which is the once a month deep dive nutrition wellness call. So on the 31st of this month, 
as well as every other month from here on out, we are going to be having an in-depth Q&A. It's basically like having a nutritionist in your pocket. You can ask questions, anything that you want. And this month, we're going to be going over intermittent fasting, how to get protein from more plant-style foods and balance, not just carbohydrates. So I'm so pumped about this. We've had so many people say that their digestion has gotten better. They have gotten um, back to their weight loss goals when... you know, maybe they didn't even realize that weight loss was a goal, but they're sleeping better, they're pooping, their skin is better, like everything is just better. I'm so excited about it. So make sure you check it out. It's online on my website as well as in the show notes or on my Instagram, wherever you want to find it. But without further ado, we're going to get into part one of this beautiful interview with Tariq Trotter. And you guys make sure you check out in the show notes his book. It is changing my life. I'm telling you, we're going to talk all about it, but it's called You Name It. It's on Amazon. It's like 15 bucks. Prioritize your your personal development. This book is beautiful. It's an easy read. I have highlighted at least one thing on every page. It's that kind of book. So let's get into it with Tariq Trotter. Yeah, there's there's clearly so much to life that we don't know, and yet... Here we are in our little human bodies and we're trying to take all of it and fit it into our little minds. This is, this is like the starting point of all suffering, of all self-induced suffering. The stress, the anxiety, um, the comparing, like all, this, all the things that you were just mentioning. This is you know, the, the starting point. It's like when we try to take this whole thing and fit it into our minds. Why is that working for them and not working for me? all this other stuff right none of that is like the importance existentially it's it's baseless it it's nothing the only thing that matters is that we're here you know it's wild i'm smiling so big right now because something that i think about every single day you just said backwards and it's changing my life you said have you you try and put the entire world into your own individual intellect Mm -hmm. so the only way i I need analogies so i just have these yeah so i do the zoom out effect Mm -hmm. you know so i'm laying in bed and i'm feeling like super low self-worth like insignificant xyz and i zoom out i zoom out a little and i like look at my i take myself out of my own body I look at myself from above. Then I take myself out of the house and look at my little body from above, from above the house. And then I do the same thing like from the clouds, from outer space, from the galaxy. And you see the entire world. And so I'm like, okay, I'm so small in this world. But then you just took it and collapsed it all into my own brain. Like, does that make sense? You just, you put it on the reverse. Mm -hmm. So it's a zoom in. And we think that we have to take, you're right. Every lesson that's ever been learned, every lesson that has ever been taught, every every piece of advice that has worked for someone and apply it to our own life because, you know, there's all these self-help books and we'll talk about this. You have one. Mm-hmm. And there is going to be, there are a couple things in here where I was like, yeah, but not for me, you mm-hmm. know, and that's totally fine. But we take it for, we take it so seriously and we just want a guide. We just want directions. We want to copy paste and have it work perfectly we want it to fit into our intellect that's like it's like no how (laughs) let me ask you this 
how do we know what our intellect is? Our own individual. Our own intellect is basically what I'm referring to is uh, our understanding of things. Our full comprehension and perception of reality, right? Through this lens, everything that we experience through the five senses that we've learned, um, all the experiences that we've cultivated in our lives. And so now there's like a a knowledge to certain things, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you... If you it on like a really basic level, it's like when you leave your house, you know exactly how to get to work, right? But remember the first time that you were going to your job and navigating the GPS there and you're a little bit late and you're stressed out, right? The body doesn't like this feeling of not knowing. It's not okay with it. We desire to know so that we can then um, – Feel at feel at ease, feel a sense of of safety, even though it's a, a false sense because reality as a meteor could you know strike Earth at any time, and then all of this is is over. When you are talking about character, when you're talking about mindset, growth, X Y Z, it all stems from something. And you wrote in your book about everything and. A lot of people say this and, you know, it's been known that a lot of our character and like 90% of our brain is developed by the time we're seven, six Mm -hmm. or seven. Everyone goes through different things at those ages. Yeah. So talk to me about one, zero through six, zero through seven for you. Describe yourself now and your intellect now (laughs) and then take it reverse. These are tough questions. (laughs) Cool. So I'm just going <laughs> to give you a, a forewarning. Um, a lot of my answers, they might seem uh, just know that everything that I say, it's I, I genuinely mean it. All right. And so a lot of my answers might seem like an oversimplification, but it's literally just where I am right now. And so I'm giving you that truly and 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 ultimately who am i now describe myself now i'm a piece of life that's it right there was a time where i wasn't here at least in this physical body and there'll be a time when i'm not here again at least in this physical body and what i mean by that is that there's life before me and there'll be life after me i happen to have caught a piece of it right now in this body and so have you and so i'm a piece of life you're a piece of life i'm no different than an ant that's right outside my house or the tree you know the trees that are inhaling what we breathe out and we're just inhaling what they breathe out right so there's this entire ecosystem of complex and really beautifully sophisticated mechanisms going around And we call it life. And I'm simply a piece of that, nothing more. Um, A more practical answer to, you know, describing myself now, I I can tell you what other people would probably say about me. Um, 
really loving, compassionate, understanding, um, really good listener, willing to set myself aside to truly hear someone else, to truly understand someone else, understand a, another perspective, um, willing to understand in general. Anytime something happens, rather than resort to compulsivity, which is, you know, the nature of a, a lot of people right now, it's like, you, you know, what I mean by that is like, let's say some famous person um, dies, we immediately, like Twitter's on fire, everyone's just immediately firing off their thoughts and all this other stuff. Like, one, we don't even know if it's true yet, right? This is what I mean by compulsive. We haven't actually like sat with anything for a second um if we're hungry we go eat right away like hold on a second you know so um those are things about me really good energy a lot of people would say that about me as well um i walked into your house today and and like you have no furniture you're like, <laughs> like you just moved <laughs> and i'm like you're just getting everything set up and it feels like home and it feels welcoming and creative and you just sat there not on your phone you were just eating blueberries listening to Natalie and I talk and letting us speaking when you wanted to and just literally listening and absorbing not just listening but absorbing and that's huge there's a big difference I think that it's great to not interrupt people we consider that listening but you absorb and I think we should all get better about absorbing. But I can agree with everything that everyone's saying. I've literally met you once <laughs> today. And I feel like I've known you forever. You're like Deepak. <laughs> 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 um, so let's go back to little Tarek. Yeah. Tell so, us about your childhood. Um, um, I've been ridding myself of a lot of uh not let me not say ridding myself creating a lot of distance between my memory and ex experiences in life so that I don't confuse those with who I am today if we don't create distance between our memory and who we actually are which is a piece of life then we'll think that our experiences are us and we'll be identified with them for the rest of our lives so anyways <laughs> um <laughs> my childhood was when I th immediately when I think of my childhood I think of my mom because that was who I spent most of my time with for the better half of my childhood you know up until about I'd say 10 11 years old when my mom got married it was just me and my mom there were uh sorry about that okay. <laughs> there were um court ordered visitation rights that my father had mm -hmm. and it just didn't work out logistically every weekend uh, where he was supposed to pick me up it didn't always happen so again I'm you know just kind of with my mom let's take a quick second to talk about our show sponsor today better help as you all know we have been doing a lot of talking about mental health and how important it is to take care of ourselves from our mind to our body to our nutrition it's all so important so enter better help 
BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. So this is an online therapy portal and you can connect in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient. What I love about BetterHelp is that you can actually start communicating with a licensed therapist in under 48 hours. How crazy is that? This is not a crisis hotline. It's not self-help. It is actual professional counseling and it's done securely online. I actually just started going to my counselor last week. I adore her. It was our first time chatting. It was the easiest thing ever. She communicated me with me about what time our call was. There were reminders and I'm telling you I'm already so excited for my next session to go back, right? So you're always going to get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly and video phone sessions. So if you're not quite ready for a video, you can always do just a phone or just messaging. It's awesome. So all of this is done without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room because BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. They also make it really, really easy and free to change counselors if you need to because there's nothing worse and we always want to make sure that we find that right person to talk to. This is more affordable than any other traditional offline counseling, and of course, financial aid is available. So the service is available for clients worldwide, and you can find the particular expertise of someone that you actually want to talk to, so you don't have to limit your counselors to someone that's located near you. So you can talk about depression, stress, anxiety, sleeping, trauma, self-esteem, LGBT matters, family family matters, anger, anything that you can think of. It's convenient, it's professional, it's affordable. And what's amazing about it is that they're giving all Hotter Than Health listeners a discount. So you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash hotter than health, right? Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. And again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash hotter than health, betterhelp.com slash hotter than health. Uh, I remember my mom working multiple jobs to try and support me uh, and herself, of course. I mean, everything. I remember her working at KFC. I remember her all the way to working up to being just like a a secretary at some law firm. Um, But I remember mostly a lot of pain. And a big portion of that pain was attributed to the men in her life, including my father. Um, They split up, you know, like when I was born, but I'd seen multiple men come into my mother's life and do damage physically, uh, verbally, emotionally. To your mom? To my mom. Mm -hmm. And, of course, by default, you were there, so. Oh, yeah. You know, I I don't know if everybody has this experience, but as soon as my mom starts crying, I start crying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, especially as a child, like, yeah, if my mom was crying when I was when I was younger, I I have a specific memory of us on the kitchen floor um, back in Brooklyn. And I'm pretty sure this guy had just like walked out on my mom and she just like fell to the floor crying. And I don't know why. I didn't know what it was about, what was going on. I was super young. I'm probably like four or five if, if my memory serves me correct. But I'm just, you know, sitting next to her and I'm crying on the kitchen floor with her. Um, So that, you know, my childhood was not idyllic by any means, but 
looking back, I'm just like, I see nothing but perfection in it, even with all of the things that went wrong. Um, I remember my mom and I going through a famine when I was around eight or nine years old. And I mean, literally a famine, like we had no food, no water for uh, about a month. And it got so bad that we ended up going to our church at the time and just kind of letting the pastor know what we were going through. And the church, um, doing the best they could at the time, they donated to us a bunch of cans of peanut butter. And so that was what me and my mom were eating for about a month was just those things. What was going on at that time? Were you living in your home still and then yeah we were we were living at home um i was very young but like the power got cut off so my mom was just financially struggling i'm pretty sure um so i remember it being a really cold winter um and in new york especially oh yeah 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 i remember us like we would turn on the oven to try and heat up the house. Um, mm-hmm. If we needed hot water, we'd basically um, like run water from the sink. We only had cold water and then boil it on yeah. the stove and then pour it into the tub. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you were, I mean, and that was at that time, you're going through something that feels very unsafe but it might not even feel that way because you're with your mom. And because I'm a child, I'm too young to really know what, you know, what safe or unsafe is. I was just kind of there. And uh, my mom would always say this to me. She would say that she would have trouble looking at me in my eyes because I seemed like a reflection and um so i was kind of there and i i looked at my mom a lot and i observed a lot and when it came to a lot of the pain that she was experiencing because of men in her life i remember collecting and storing information and saying to myself okay this is how not to treat a lady wow super young i don't know why but i was like okay don't do this (laughs) don't do this don't do that so you have siblings though yes um, I'm an only child from oh. my mom and my dad, okay. but I do, my dad has two daughters, so my stepsisters, and then I have a half brother because my mom's husband has a son. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you were basically raised without siblings, but now full family and all that good stuff. And you, and you, you talk about this in your book. You have been open with me about this, that mm-hmm. you have dealt with some abuse, some different kinds of abuse oh, personally. Plenty. Yeah. And I do think it's it's safe to give a warning here that if you've struggled with sexual abuse, any type of abuse that could be traumatic or maybe you're still dealing with, that maybe you fast forward through this portion or listen to another episode. And I don't want anyone to um, – I just want it to be known if we if we go into that. But I just – Nothing's off limits. Nothing's <laughs> off limits. Yeah, so um first off now I you know I see it as it is. Um just meaning that I'm not projecting my emotions on it like this is literally just what happened. So 
the first time that I was molested, I was six years old. Um, right? Because, yeah, six turning seven. This was just going into first grade. And um, there was this, like, 13-year-old girl who lived two buildings over from me. This is back in Brooklyn. And my mom, at the time, was working at the law firm. She was a secretary. So she wouldn't get home until about five or six when – you know, school gets out at three. I was home at like uh, three ten, and so basically, you know, I'd play outside or whatever um, until my mom got home. And um, this girl, she pulled me into the building hallway, <laughs> and she was like, "Do you want to play? Do you want to play a game?" Had you seen this girl before? Yeah, I like knew her, um, but yeah, she was just like, "Do you want to play a game?" And so I was like, "Sure." Uh, of course, not really knowing what was going on at the time. And she pulled my pants down and literally just as she was about to like sit on top of me, I hear a scream and it's my mom saying, Tariq, Tariq. She's calling me from, you know, like two buildings over and I hear her screaming. So I like got up and like ran out. Um, <laughs> and it's our it, it, it wasn't that my mom saw what was going on or anything ironically what had just happened was my uncle had just gotten arrested and he was on tv he was on the news um going into going into prison so she was screaming about that she was screaming about that she was telling me to come like look at the tv so the timing there i don't know what you want to call it serendipitous i don't know <laughs> so that that was the first um the first time but nothing Nothing happened that time. I mean, obviously something happened, but. Yeah, there was like touching and okay. stuff. She, It's just like it was about to turn into a little bit more, I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Uh, but, you know, we didn't yeah. we didn't have sex. <laughs> I'll just I'll put it I that was way. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is important because um, my relationship with women. This is how. It starts first is my mom, which, of course, there's nothing but, you know, pureness and innocence there. But then outside of my mom, my relationship with women, it starts right here. Um, six years old. Uh, the next time it happens, I am 10 years old and it's the weekend of my mom's wedding. And I'm supposed to be with my dad again, court ordered visitation rights. But uh, I'm pretty sure my dad just build that weekend which at the time it wasn't um unique you know I was kind of used to that and so my mom had to find a babysitter for me so I ended up staying with one of my stepfather's friends and they have a son who is 16 and um I guess at this point in his life he's going through some you know changes changes and Birds, bees. yeah physical desires and things like that and so um, similar situation. Um, I won't go into like too much detail, but it was invasive. And that was the second time. And then it happened a few more times up until I was around like 13 or 14. Um, With the same person? Nope. Different people. So it was, it was five different occasions. Um Four different people. Yeah. Five different times, all yeah. separate, all mm -hmm. separate instances. Yeah. 
Four, well, four different people, Earth. so one person had happened twice. And uh, one of them, it, you know, it was, it was even family. But this isn't – because it's just life, right? Again, we have to remember um, – when I say it's just life, I'm not trying to oversimplify and like discard um, a traumatic experience. That's not what I mean by this. What I mean is like, okay, you ever see the movie Ants or or Bugs, Bugs Life? Life? It's um, one of my favorite right? movies. It's like you got all the ants, and then there's the grasshoppers who come and bully them during the summer or mm-hmm. whatever when they're trying to they're just trying to store food away for them for the for the winter so as humans we're ants and we're just you know our, our, our let's call it our quote-unquote purpose in life everybody in their own way is trying to store food away for the winter so they can just be okay and be pleasant but then you've got a grasshopper who also exists in this life and the grasshopper needs to eat as well it has its own needs and desires and it happens to interfere with yours does this make the grasshopper can i curse on this I don't yeah. normally curse, but does this make the grasshopper an asshole? Do we call grasshoppers assholes when we walk past them in the street outside? <laughs> no, right? It's just a grasshopper. They're busy terrorizing ants, but it's just like that is just life. What yeah. I mean by life, I mean existentially, there's a lion and there's a gazelle. It's not that the lion is intentionally this bad person doing these evil things to the gazelle. That's not what's happening. And it's not like the other gazelles are saying why us why us yeah. it's a natural part of life it's just a natural process sometimes as a human we go through undesirable processes sexual abuse physical abuse these are just one of them yeah. they're undesirable it's the same thing as being broke it's an undesirable process <laughs> but it just happens yeah so i think more so what shocks me is i typically you don't hear about it happening multiple times mm-hmm. and then then you also have to realize that sometimes bad shit happens multiple times. And yes. that's just, yes. Not yeah. to oversim- op- oversimplify. Yeah, not to Again, oversimplify. But when you, when you speak about it, it makes yeah. sense. And that's better. also my perspective now, right? Like at the totally. time, what I've said this, what I've said this five years ago, 10 years ago, absolutely not. So here's the part that uh, really, it hurt me for basically over a decade. So I took these learned behaviors and now I'm becoming a teenager and I'm starting to go through my own physical changes. And my um, two stepsisters, you know, they're in proximity to me while all this stuff is happening. And I basically take these learned behaviors and start to project it onto them. And so this is how um, molestation, it kind of spreads and it goes on. And it's, it all started somewhere at some point in time, but it's basically a learned behavior. That's what I wanted to talk about with the generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Not that not that it was your father directly, but all those things mm-hmm. lead to something. And I, I believe it. it. it is all related. Mm-hmm. So that carried on to your... So did you... I'm assuming you have spoken to... I think you mentioned you've spoken to your sisters and you've cleared mm-hmm. air and you've made space and they've yeah. made space and all is good yeah. and that's amazing and that just happened like last year um yeah. prior to that i i think there was like a you know the child inside of me was waiting for all of our parents to reconcile the whole situation and like one day we have this big family talk and then everything's okay but i realized that day wasn't coming 
Um, and I was like, I don't want to go through life without my sisters knowing the person that I've become and like how much I love them and like how much of a love, not even like I'm just a loving person. And this is decades ago, right? We're talking 20 years ago. So I was just like, I, it got to a point where I like, I couldn't go another day. Like I was thinking about them every single day and I couldn't go another day without just like one, letting them hear sorry from me, letting them hear my personal experiences. Cause neither of them had any clue that I was being molested as a child. No one did. Right. My father didn't know. My mother didn't know for the longest time. These are just like secrets that at one point I was basically willing to take to the grave. Um, Is this something that you shared with your mother before anyone else? Who did you tell first? Yeah, I think my mom was the first person. So it, it, I was actually in college. I was around uh, 19 years old. Um, it was like a Thursday night about to party, you know, Thursday Thursdays or whatever they call it. Um, that's like the only time in my life where I was like chugging beer. <laughs> we would yeah. get f- beer and then French fries with feta cheese on it and vinegar. Oh, I yeah. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a different time in my life. Sounds familiar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get a phone call from like a 718 number, which is like the area code from where I'm from. So I pick up and it's a police officer saying like, hey, um, you need to come down and turn yourself in. There's charges being pressed against you. And it was actually my um, my stepmother, the mother of my two stepsisters. Uh, she was pressing charges because my youngest stepsister had uh, basically come out about it. And this is 10 years after it initially happened. But she had. You yeah. Know, she was having the same realization that you did. Yeah. 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 And so um, at that point, everybody knew. Now, at this point, nobody knew what I had went through as a child, but they knew what they I had done, what, yeah. right? And so that was kind of like when things started, you know, the surface started getting peeled back. And I had ultimately been running from my past, right? If I'm in college and I'm drinking, maybe I don't know this, but there's a reason why I'm drinking the way that I do. There's a reason why I'm sleeping around the way that I do, why I have a certain relationship with women the way that I do. It's all stemming from, you know, zero to six, like we said, right? For sure. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed that episode with Tariq. He's fantastic. And I am just so excited for next week where you guys really will be able to hear all about what you can do on a day-to-day basis to elevate yourself, not just meditation. It's beyond the journaling. It's what you can actually do, what you can cross off. What is something you can do every single day? Those are my favorite types of episodes, favorite types of podcasts. If you like this episode, make sure you hit follow and subscribe so you don't miss next week. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, following us is an option so you never miss an episode make sure to give us five stars on itunes please it helps so much and leave a review of course i will have all those links in the show notes and i hope you all enjoy the rest of your day and have a great weekend